Thanksgiving is, uh, is truly my favorite holiday. Um, I think it's because one of the few holidays that we don't have a church service on the actual day of the holiday. So uh, being able to celebrate a holiday without any uh, work obligations is a lot of fun. But I just, I just love the idea of giving thanks. Maybe it's because I'm so bad at it normally that I appreciate the prompting to, uh, to give thanks. And so uh, I want to welcome all of you again here to St. John. And I know that uh, some of you again are, are travelers from out of town and and you're uh, visiting family, and so you're here for, uh, for, the, for the holiday. And it's an honor to have you here tonight. And I'm so glad to be able to spend time with you and just to pause and to truly do what this holiday is, is all about, to, to pause and, and give thanks. Now, um, those of you who are regular attenders here at St. John, you know that we just came off of a significant weekend last weekend in our life together. Um, about 400 households so far. Um, my family being one of them, committed ourselves financially to the work of St. John over the next two years through an initiative called Next. And uh, it was just a really powerful movement last weekend as, as people came up and, and committed themselves and made an offering um, or made a pledge for, for some offerings over the next couple of years. And uh, so as I sit here tonight, I have a lot to be thankful for. I'm, I'm with Jocelyn. I love this church and I love the devotion of this church to the mission of God and I love how generous this church is. And for a lot of people uh, who participated in that weekend, um, you know, you're still feeling elated. You're, you're excited about what God is doing. For some of you, you heard God speak to you or prompt you for the first time in your journey to do something. And that's a really exciting thing to know that God speaks to us personally and individually. And he's got a message for each of us. But I know there might be some of you who participated in last weekend who, uh, let's be honest, right now sitting here tonight, you're experiencing buyer's remorse because uh, you started doing the math and you realize how close Christmas is and you think man Christmas is expensive what did I just do or uh, as one member of our staff put it uh, she was talking the other day she said on Sunday we were we were so excited we were on a mountaintop experience you know we came to church and we committed and, and we committed even a little bit more than we thought just because we felt the movement of God so strongly and uh, we went home and we were so excited about that and then Sunday evening came and we discovered we needed a new furnace and air conditioning unit. She's like, God couldn't even give us 24 hours on the mountaintop. Um, and isn't that how life goes? But then she said this, she said, she says, but I, you know, I, I'm watching to see what God does. And I think right on, because that's who God is. See, maybe it's, it's not money for you here tonight, but I bet not too far under the surface of your life, under that calm well put together exterior that we all tend to manage pretty well. I bet that there is some sort of anxiety or worry stewing under the surface right now. Like I said, maybe for some of you it's money. Maybe for some of you it's a relationship that isn't going well. Someone you're worried about or a, a relationship in which there's tension. Or maybe there's something going down at work or even at school, and the mere mention of those places just kind of sends your stomach into knots. Maybe there's something that you're waiting for. You're waiting for test results or a diagnosis. You're waiting for treatment. You're waiting for answers to a big question. Or, or maybe there's something else in your life that you're anticipating. You're anticipating a tough conversation that you need to have or a big project that's coming. See, whatever it is, I, I think all of us, most of the days of our lives have those things 
just right under the surface. And we go about our days and we smile and we're polite and, and we try to be joyful and we try to be grateful and we try to be kind. But, but under the surface, there's, there's usually something brewing that is filling our lives with worry or stress or anxiety. And here's what I want you to do right now. Um, in the seat rack ahead of you, there's one of these cards. Uh, it says next on one side. It looks like an index card on the other side. There should be one nearby. Go ahead and grab one of those. And uh, on one side, it's got some lines. And what I want you to do just really quickly is I want you to write down that thing, that, that thing that's making you anxious, that thing that you're worried about. And maybe you don't want to write it down so you can make a code or you can write some other word that represents that thing. You know, you can do the thing I did when I was a kid, A equals 1, you know, I equals 9, 26 equals Z, whatever you need to do. But I do want you at the very top of this card where the lines are, on the side with the lines, I want you to go ahead and write down whatever that thing is that is making you anxious or worried, that thing that you're concerned about. Go ahead and write that down at the top of your card. I need everyone to do this because we're going to use this later, okay? So uh, again, if you don't want to write the exact thing, write, you know, write some, some other word, but you know what that means, but still write something down. Now, I bet some of you are sitting here right now thinking, what does any of this have to do with Thanksgiving? Uh, you know, after all, we come to church on Thanksgiving to be inspired, don't we? To be inspired for that couple hundred miles that we're going to be driving over the next few days, visiting people that we are so glad we only have to visit once or twice a year. Or you come to church to be energized, to remind you why you're going to do all the cooking and cleaning for the next 24 hours that you will have to do for people that sometimes you're not even sure you like very much. Um, you know, you, you come to church on Thanksgiving to, to be joyful and to be lifted up, not to think about your stress or worries or anxiety. We came to talk about Thanksgiving, <laughs> not, not the bad things, which just so happens to be what I'm, what I'm getting at. See, Thanksgiving, not just the holiday, but, but the disposition, the action of giving thanks, it, it is the thing that scriptures prescribe over and over again as the cure, as the solution to our anxieties and worries in life. And as I said, the scriptures talk about this all over the place, but one place in scripture that I want to look at that is so clear is the book of Philippians chapter 4. So the words will be up here on the screens uh, where you can take out your Bible and look along. Philippians 4, starting at verse 4, this is what it says about anxiety and stress and thanksgiving. It says, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice you know, in all circumstances. Then it goes on, it says, let your gentleness be evident to all, for the Lord is near. And then hear this. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving. Now, that's kind of interesting, isn't it? Uh, you know, those, those words, prayer and petition, often for us, those are the same thing. You know, it sounds redundant because we think of prayers and we think of asking. We think of making petitions. That's what prayer is for us. It's, it's asking for something. Um, but, you know, in, in the biblical view, prayer is not just asking. Prayer is it's communion with God. It's conversation with God. It's talking and listening. And it's, uh, it's giving thanks and so many other things. So, so here Paul divides them up. He says, by prayer and petition. So, you know, in your conversation with God, but also in your asking. With thanksgiving, he says... Present your requests to God. And the peace of God, you know, when you do that, the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. See, what is Paul saying there? 
He's telling us that if we're anxious, if we're worried, the solution to anxiety or worry that comes in life, it, it, it's, it's not just prayer, but it's prayer with thanksgiving. And so thanksgiving, the holiday, although it may bring stress and anxiety into our lives sometimes, thanksgiving, the, the discipline or the action, that's the solution to our anxieties. Now again, I, as I said, God tells us this in Scripture over and over again. But if you've looked at the stats about our culture, anxiety is skyrocketing in our culture. Uh, especially among young people, it's, it's skyrocketing. And um, I kind of wonder, could giving thanks be part of the solution? So how about this? How about we try it out? Here's what I want you to do. Uh, on the flip side of your card now, where it says the word next, and this is just going to kind of be messy all over the card, I, I want you to uh, begin to write on, on this side of the card, some things that you are thankful for. And I want you to include things like present day blessings, you know, things that are going well in your life. Uh, You can think about God's past faithfulness to you. How has God been good to you and faithful to you in the last year or more? Just jot those things down. Again, not full sentences, but just just words or phrases. Or also you can give thanks for God's character, for, for who he is. And I'm going to give you about 90 seconds to do this, and you can just fill this side of the card, save the other side of the card, we'll do something with that later, with the things that you're grateful for. Just, just give thanks on this card right now, and I'll give you some time to do that. Go ahead and look at just what you've written. I know I didn't give you a lot of time, but just look at that list, read it over, and then flip the card back over to that word you wrote on the other side, that thing that's making you anxious, that thing that's stressing you out. Doesn't it already have a little less power? See, see, God tells us again and again and again that when we're anxious, when we're worried, when we're fearful, when we're uncertain about the future, that giving thanks is an antidote to our stresses or anxieties. And, and secular science even supports all of this. It, it talks about how um, if, you, if you do this discipline of writing down things that you're grateful for and you do that every day, you will be happier, you will be more resilient, you'll be more ready to face whatever it is that life 
throws at you. It's not a bad discipline to keep going. But let's be honest for a second. Many, if not most of us, we already know this. Maybe you even already do this. Maybe you're already in a discipline of doing this. Even if you don't practice it, even if you don't do this, you know that there's something powerful about giving thanks. This isn't anything new. And yet, I actually think there's something deeper here in these words that we looked at earlier from Paul in Philippians. See, I wonder if, when Paul wrote those words, I wonder if, if in saying, in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. I wonder if Paul wasn't just referring to, to the things, thanking God for the things in life that are going well, to get your mind off the things that are going poorly. But what if, when Paul wrote those words, that was actually a call to action to offer thanks for the very things that are wearing you out, stressing you out, making you anxious, giving you knots in your stomach, and making your life difficult. See, what if, what if Paul was saying that instead of, you know, because I think this is how we usually think about it, instead of, you know, think about the thing you wrote on the card, think about the good things on the back, and just kind of ignore that, what if Paul was actually saying, you know, look at that thing head on, face it, but give thanks for it. Now, how in the world would you do that? I mean, whatever it is you wrote or whatever it is that came to mind, how could you begin to give thanks for that thing in your life? Why would you even want to? And here's what I can say. That uh, those of you who, you know, come to church often, at least here, you can think about Jesus on the night he was betrayed. And we share these words over and over again when we celebrate communion. And when we say the words, we say, on the night our Lord Jesus Christ was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, hear that? When he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, take and eat. This is my body given for you. And then the same way after, after supper, he took the cup. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, this is my blood poured out for you. Do this in rem- remembrance of me. See, Jesus that night of his betrayal was facing what I must imagine would be the most anxiety-producing moment of his life. He knew in a few short hours he would be betrayed, he would be abandoned, he would suffer, he would be crucified, he would even be abandoned by the Father. And Jesus fully knew this was all coming, but, but before all of this was set into motion, he sits down at a Passover meal in the upper room with his disciples, and, and he holds up some bread, and he says, you know, this, this is now my body broken for you, and this is my blood poured out for you. They sound like nice and benign words, but I mean, these are, these are strong words. My body broken, my blood poured out. But each time before that, he gives thanks. Maybe it's not so crazy after all to look at the thing that's got you stressed out, that's got you anxious, that's got you worried, that that turned your stomach over, that's keeping you up at night, looking at that thing head on and beginning to give thanks for it. But how do you do that? See, I think in Jesus' case in that upper room, I think in our case, it comes from a deep understanding, a deep belief that God can use anything to prosper you. And I mean anything. I remember in our inspired services a year ago, uh, we just did some this fall, but a year ago, my friend, I'll call you out, Denise, uh, Bose, Denise and Michael shared their story. And uh, Denise, uh, either in that interview or in my conversation with her, 
she talked about how right before her cancer diagnosis, she had been praying a prayer. Um, she had been studying the book of Exodus, and she had been praying a prayer, saying, God, I, show me your glory. That's what Moses said, show me your glory. And she's like, you know, I started praying that prayer. Show me your glory, God. I want to see more of your glory. I want to see more of you. And then a few weeks later came a cancer diagnosis. And um, maybe it wasn't her first response, but one of her first responses was, okay, God, I guess this is it. I guess this is how you're going to show me your glory. See, see, that's what I'm talking about. That's how you look at whatever it is that scares you, that gives you anxiety, that stresses you out, that worries you, and you begin to give thanks for it because you believe that God has, has the power to use anything, good or evil, to prosper you. Or I think it's a lot like how enslavement and imprisonment and false accusations, how God used those things to prosper Joseph in the Old Testament, if you know him, different guy than uh, Jesus' earthly father, so that one day in his life, after experiencing so much hardship and so much pain and rejection, he could look at his family who had abandoned him and sold him into slavery and, and mistreated him, and he could look at them and say, what you intended for evil, God meant for good. In Genesis 50, he says it so clearly. Or I think about the backdrop of the words in Jeremiah 29 that we love so well, 29, uh, 11, where um, it says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. And we, and we love those words. Those are great words of hope for us when we're struggling. But do you know the backdrop of those words? I mean, most of Jeremiah's book is not so hopeful because it's talking about how before this can happen, how the people of Israel will be ransacked and carried into captivity. And after 70 years of living in exile, then God will speak these words to them. See, how can you begin to look at whatever it is that makes you anxious or fearful or worried in life and give thanks for it? The only way you can do it is by knowing that God can use anything to prosper you. And so maybe in Philippians 4, when Paul says that, you know, in prayer and petition with thanksgiving, offer your request to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds. Maybe, maybe Paul was challenging us to instead of always praying that God would take away whatever it is that burdens us or worries us or makes us anxious, Maybe his challenge was, you know, what would happen if we started thanking God for it? For the opportunity it gives God to prosper us. For the opportunity that God has through that thing to form us and to, and to shape us. See, what if in prayer, instead of asking God to take our illness away, what if we thanked God for our illness, for how it was going to teach us empathy? Or what if instead of asking God to remove our financial trouble, what if we thanked God for that financial trouble and, and expected that God could use it to teach us contentment? What if instead of asking God to, to heal our broken relationships or to take them away or, or to deal with them in some way, what if we just knew that walking through those broken relationships and, and getting messy with them, that God could use those broken relationships to teach us about grace? See, what if tonight you were, you were able to see God as being so powerful and so good that he could take whatever it is that you wrote down on that card and instead of wishing it to go away, what if instead you believe that God could use that thing to grow you, to form you, to prosper you, to deepen your faith, to strengthen you? See, if you believe that God was that powerful and that good, that he could do that with that word you wrote on your card, then couldn't you find a way to give thanks 
not just for this stuff on the backside, but even for that thing. See, I think Paul is on to something. And I've been trying this out, frankly, from time to time. Not always, because I told you at the beginning, uh, I'm not good at giving thanks. Um, but I'm trying to get better at it. So uh, I think about one Saturday morning, not too many weeks ago. And I woke up early, and uh, I was flipping through, you know, my, my message and uh, getting ready for church that night. And we had a really full day of, of family, and it had been a really full week. And um, I was just feeling stressed out and heavy and, frankly, a little resentful that my Saturday mornings start off like this, you know, um, and not a more relaxed way. And, and on top of that, Jocelyn and I, I know we seem like the perfect couple, but we were not getting along that uh, those in the a few days following or before that or at least the day befo- before that or even that morning. And uh, so we, we were just, we were just not clicking. And, uh, and I was having one of those moments where I was, I was honestly thinking like, why did I ever think marriage was a good idea? Well, I know that sounds harsh, but tell me married people that you don't have those moments. I know you do. And overall, you know, I was just, I was just feeling overwhelmed. I was feeling sick. I was feeling sad. And then... And I remember the power of giving thanks, and it's something that I'm working on in my life. And so I thought, you know, maybe I just need to spend time thanking God for all the other things in my life that are going well. And so, so I, you know, I, I just kind of set my, my binder down and put my message away, and I just started trying to thank God for the things in my life that are going well. You know, all the other good things, all my blessings. You know, count your blessings when, when you're uh, not happy about the other things in life. And, and so I started doing that. And then I felt a prompting. A prompting from God, and I think I actually had read the words earlier, but I felt a prompting for God in that moment, and it, and it, it was like this. It was like, no, I want you to give thanks for the other stuff. Not for all the stuff that's going well. I want you to give thanks for the stuff that's weighing you down right now. And so I tried it. And I started thanking God for having to get up on a Saturday morning and you know, learn a message and for the pressure and the stress of that. Uh, But mostly I started thanking God then for having something important to do in my life. And I think about how many of us long for importance and how much would I long for some, something important to do, something to contribute. And I think, man, here you, you've done it, God, and it's not easy, but, but you've given me an opportunity to do something that's significant. And I started thanking God for the discipline that, that I'm being taught by having to do this week after week. And year after year, and, and about the mental sharpness that must come from learning new messages and trying to memorize them and speak them again. And, and then I thank God for the challenge of loving someone, of, of being in a relationship where you don't walk away, of just loving someone and persevering in love and, and the difficulty that that, that, that that brings and how that causes me to die to myself. And I started thanking God for those things and thanking God for how that relationship teaches me grace and it teaches me how rich God's love is for me because, you know, I, I may get mad at her sometimes, but I'm, I'm much more disagreeable to God, I'm sure, in my relationship with him, and yet he loves me still. And so I thank God for teaching me about love and grace and, and, and loyalty and unconditional um, dedication. And, and it changed my whole day. See, I believe that Thanksgiving, again, not the holiday, but the action, the discipline, When you express it with prayer and petition, it really does have the power to strip anxiety and worry and stress of all of its threat in your life. And and I believe through it, God has the power to give you peace. And maybe that's why Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, 
didn't just take bread and take a cup and institute the Lord's Supper, but first he gave thanks. And so here's what I want you to do. I want you to look at your card again and look back on that side where you wrote that word, the side with the lines, that thing that's making you anxious. And I want you to look at that word and I want you to believe that God is so powerful and so good that he truly can use that thing to prosper you. Whether it's from him, whether it's from, you know, his, from his origin, whether it's from the origin of evil or some other complication or sin, it doesn't matter. I want you to look at that word and, and believe that God is so powerful and so good that he can use that thing in your life to form you, to grow you, to deepen you, and to prosper you. And then I want you to write a prayer, a short prayer to God. Because, right, with prayer, in petition, in thanksgiving, I want you to give thanks to God for that thing and how he might use that thing in your life. And I'm going to give you some time to do that. And then when you're done, you can either keep this with you as a reminder or um, you can, you know, throw it away if you don't want anyone else to see it. Or um, if, you, if you just kind of want to leave that anxiety here and you want to leave it in the hands of God, we've got these prayer walls that we set up on either side of the sanctuary. You can just roll that up and stick it in there and, uh, and you can leave it here in the sanctuary. And you can go off and you can, I pray, experience a, a worry-free, anxiety-free Thanksgiving knowing that a God who can take the crucifixion of Jesus Christ, his lifeless body laid in a tomb, and he can use that for the good of the world and and he can redeem that experience that he is powerful enough and good enough to use whatever it is you wrote on your card to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you a hope and a future. So right now, take a moment and uh, write a prayer of thanks, not just for the other things on the backside of the card, but for that thing. Mm-hmm.